0: What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of Clee Talk presented by FenleyRoadSports.com. I am your host, Bob, hanging out talking my favorite hometown Cleveland sports with my older brother, Chris. Chris, what's going on, man?
1: Not much, man. Still working off that Thanksgiving feast. It was uh, plentiful and delicious. So uh, it's going to be a busy week at the gym.
0: Certainly. Uh, Another Thanksgiving in the books. I hope everyone had Happy Thanksgiving with their friends and family. Chris, it was good to see you and hang out with the parents up in Cleveland, uh, you know, continuing the streak of, of seeing or talking to you uh, five days in a row now. So that's it's awesome. <laughs>
1: yeah, man, five days in a row. It's pretty, we got a little Iron Man streak going. <laughs> I. Actually, actually, if you count Wednesday, it would be six, right? Because cause I came up on Wednesday. Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah, man. So don't, don't shortchange yourself now. Yeah all right well uh we'll see what happens tomorrow I'll keep you everyone else posted on that story <laughs> but uh you know, other than the meal at our house uh football is a central part of it uh we watched our fair share of nfl and college games and chris will start off with um the the biggest game uh, of the week the game ohio state coming out on top uh against their their heated rival the Michigan Wolverines. Uh Chris how uh enjoyable was that game for for you to watch?
1: Well, it's always enjoyable to see Ohio State beat Michigan and and last weekend was no exception. Uh the Buckeyes continue this impressively dominant streak against the Wolverines, Bob, since 2001 they've only lost twice. And one of those losses came when they were down their five best players on sanctions with Luke Fickle. And they still almost beat them. So uh, the, the fact of the matter is, Bob, Michigan has been in Ohio State's shadow for going on two decades now. And, and the Buckeyes just reaffirmed their ownage of this rivalry on Saturday in a pretty convincing fashion. I mean, Michigan jumped out 14 nothing. Then lost thirty-one to twenty. Outscored thirty-one to six in the in the last three quarters. So th- the bottom line is, you know, while Michigan played an okay game to start, as the game went on, it was pretty clear who the better team was. I mean, Ohio State lost JT Barrett in the third quarter, and and still just didn't miss a beat. Uh, they, they're loaded, and, and and they've got a lot of young guys bubbling up to the top. Uh, so, so it doesn't look like Ohio state's going anywhere anytime soon. Uh, if I'm a Michigan fan, I'm certainly concerned about the state of this rivalry because for the last decade and a half, it really hasn't been mon- much of one.
0: Yeah, cer- certainly not. And when a quarterback like JT Barrett now owns a four and O record against uh, Michigan and is the first starting quarterback to do so in, in the rivalry. Um, you know, that, that, that points to a, a lopsided rivalry and um you know fortunately ohio state has gone outside of the conference every year to to schedule another game on the record because usually this one is is the biggest game of on their schedule uh one that has has had uh multiple times uh, big implications uh, on the national scale um but over the past decade or so it's it's really just been uh and having implications for Ohio State's title hopes in Michigan, uh, continuing to just rebuild, uh, uh, trying to find that right coach. Um, that's not to say that they they have not been a stout challenge at times. Uh, you know, certainly had a chance to win this game going up uh, fourteen to, to nothing to, to start it off, and then twenty to fourteen uh, in the third quarter. And when you know JT Barrett gets knocked out, you had to have thought that. Uh, you know, this was going to tip back in favor of the Wolverines, but in comes Dwayne Haskins and, you know, Chris, he, he he threw the ball arguably better than Barrett was throwing it during the game. Now, Barrett was certainly running it really well, but um, Haskins gave them a jolt and and that shocked me. Uh, That was probably the most surprising part of this game is that JT Barrett goes down at at a pivotal moment in the third quarter. In comes Haskins uh, who, has really only been regulated to, to some garbage time uh, given Barrett spells uh, throughout this year, and, and the Ohio State offense looked even better and and, and pulled away from from the Wolverines uh, once Haskins was inserted. So that that was really surprising to me. Um, you know, Michigan started off really well, scoring uh, the the two f- first touchdowns there, uh, but their offense just doesn't have the firepower to to win a, a game that. You know, it requires four or more touchdowns like this one did, uh, and the wheels just fell off for them in the second half as well.
1: Yeah, and, and you you said, but I mean, Haskins comes in, and Bob he looked better than JT Parrott at times, and 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 that that is certainly a great sign because he's only a freshman. So obviously, Ohio State still has talent in the pipelines. You know, JT JK Dobbins isn't going anywhere. They've got another good running back in Demario McCall who didn't play much, but. He has been talked about for a couple years now as a guy who who's from Lorain County, uh, as someone who could be an X factor eventually in his career. Uh, so, so the Buckeyes just they're they're not going anywhere, and and. and you look at Michigan and you just look at, you know, they, they've they tried everything. They tried Rich Rodriguez, bringing in that new kind of offense, didn't work. They, they went to Brady Hoke, more traditional, didn't work. And now they've gone with the big name in Jim Harbaugh. And, and I won't say it didn't work because he still has success by normal standards. But Michigan, when they hired Jim Harbaugh, expected to get back into the Big Ten championship game. It's year three and... They still don't seem any closer to that playoff to the to the Big Ten championship than they were when he got there. I know last year they were they were really close, but at the same time they, they lost their, their their biggest games and ultimately didn't make it. So at the end of the day, Bob, I, I do think next year is gonna be a big year for Michigan as to whether or not they can finally break through and change the tide in this rivalry. Because Bob, I mean, as an Ohio State guy, as a guy who's cheered for Ohio State forever, you know, I look at Michigan, and it's just one of those things where I gotta see it before I before I'm afraid of it, and and you're always kind of worried that the Wolverines are finally gonna get up and win one, but the the, the fear factor has definitely faded in this rivalry uh, significantly over at least over the last ten years or so.
0: Yeah, definitely. It's more just the. You know, you give Michigan some credit because they are their heated rival. It's not that they are on the same level as the Buckeyes uh, over this past decade. Um, Chris, uh, so Ohio State takes care of business and now finishes 10-2 in the regular season, uh, heading into the Big Ten Championship against an undefeated Wisconsin team. Uh, Knowing what we know now, that Auburn beats Alabama, is going to face Georgia in the SEC championship. Miami absorbed a loss against Pittsburgh uh, and will now face Clemson uh, as two one-loss teams in the ACC championship. And Notre Dame took a loss to Stanford uh, this week as well, giving them a third loss. So, Chris, if Ohio State beats Wisconsin, finishes 11-2 with the Big Ten championship, is there room for them in the college football playoff?
1: No, I don't think there will be. I don't think the Buckeyes are going to make the postseason, and honestly, I don't think they should make the postseason. Um, you know, I, I've been looking at other teams and their schedules, and you know, Clemson might have two losses. Miami might well one of the two will, uh, but I, I think if Clemson loses the ACC title game, I think Clemson is a better two-loss team than Ohio State. I think if Oklahoma loses the Big 12 title game, them and TCU are better two-loss teams than Ohio State. How about this for one, Bob? Wisconsin at 12-1. Nobody's talking about the possibility that Ohio State could beat them and still be placed behind them. That happened last year in Ohio State's own conference. It wasn't the championship game. Ohio State lost... To a team that won the title and still made the playoffs because they had fewer losses than the champion. Nobody is even exploring that possibility that Wisconsin, who is probably one of the most disrespected undefeated teams in the nation. Though University of Central Florida might have something to say about that. Nobody's even saying that that could happen. I don't necessarily think it will but I it wouldn't I wouldn't rule it out. I mean, let's not discredit a twelve and season. I, I just think that there are too many other teams that have better resumes than Ohio State would at two losses to put them into the playoffs. And honestly, Bob, losing fifty-five to twenty-four at Iowa, that's the death stroke. I'm sorry. I cannot look past that loss. That was a terrible loss. Now, I'm not saying Clemson doesn't have a bad loss to Syracuse. I'm not saying Miami doesn't have a bad loss to Pitt. But 55-24 to Iowa. I mean, my goodness, man. Look, if it were like a three-point loss on the road, you can understand it. Or if it were... Iowa beat them up and down the football field. And it wasn't even as close as the final score would indicate. So I just can't get past that they have such a big black eye on their resume that, I, I, I'm sorry, I, if I'm on the committee, I'm not really even considering Ohio State because I don't think enough can happen in this one week to to push back uh, enough teams for Ohio State to get a, a playoff spot.
0: Yeah, I, I tend to agree with you there. Uh I think Ohio state is in play and I wouldn't, I think that they are, uh, you know, on the outside looking in and and they would be a a close alternate if things, you know, bounce their way. And for whatever reason, uh, the committee puts them in as the fourth seed, I think it's still possible, but that Iowa loss, I agree with you is probably the, the, the sorest loss uh, of all these teams, uh, in the top 10, uh, that you know that 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 was quite an embarrassment, um, and then you consider that the what happened last time OSU is in in the playoff uh, with with that shutout against Clemson. I think they're going to look somewhere else to, to make an exception, uh, not an exception, but to invite a, a two loss team in, into the fold or a non conference champion into in, into the playoff. Uh, I think they're going to look over Ohio State, and, and I agree with you. There are too many other teams on that have the same credentials as osu and possibly better wins and and, and easier to, to forgive losses uh, than ohio state one team that i want to get your opinion on that that you didn't mention uh, is an 11-1 alabama um we don't know the, the committee's rankings but they fell from first to fifth in both the ap and the coaches poll they will not be the sec champion they're locked out of that game it's going to be auburn versus georgia so Chris, what what are is it more likely that the committee invites an 11 and 1 Alabama or a 11 and 2 Big 10 champion Ohio State?
1: Oh, it's not even close. Alabama's getting that spot. First off, what everyone's I'm about to say Florida State, but remember when Alabama played Florida State on a neutral site and beat them down, Florida State was at full strength, still had their quarterback, was still a top three team then. They were the only team to play Florida State at full strength. So I give them a quality win for that one. And let's not forget about Fresno State on their schedule, who, by the way, just beat Boise State and cracked the top 25. Another non-conference win for Alabama. So that's that's two big wins for them in the non-conference. They beat a lot of good SEC teams. I mean, you play in the SEC West, you're going to beat a lot of quality teams. Mississippi State, one of them. So, yes, I, I absolutely... LSU another. I absolutely would give Alabama the spot over Ohio State. I don't think it's even close between those two. Um, and, and, and I think a one-loss Wisconsin team would probably lose out to a one-loss Alabama team just because Wisconsin's... not. I mean, excuse me, Alabama's non-conference schedule is a little bit tougher than Wisconsin. So, so I think that Alabama actually would be kind of the first team in here's here's how it's going to go down georgia auburn winner is in miami clemson winner is in period end of story oklahoma and wisconsin control their own destiny if oklahoma and wisconsin win they're both in nice and neat alabama sorry tough luck i think if wisconsin loses alabama will get that spot I think if Oklahoma loses, things start to get interesting because TCU would then have a very strong resume, only losses to Iowa State and Oklahoma. I, I think you could make the case for, for them maybe over Alabama. Um, but, but I do think Alabama would be the strongest team that that that's kind of on the bench right now. So if one team gets upset, they'd probably be the first team in. Um, if two teams lose, if Oklahoma and Wisconsin loses, then things get crazy. But honestly, Bob, if that happens, I would I would put Clemson in because Clemson beat Auburn in the non-conference. Their only loss was a close loss to Syracuse. I would I would forgive their loss in the ACC championship game because they have a strong non-conference schedule. But that that would mean Bob, um you'd have two SEC and two ACC teams in the playoff, which would be ESPN's dream because they sponsor the SEC and ACC (laughs) network. But I I, I do think that Clemson could could be that that next team in after Alabama if they were to lose in their championship game. It it would get very interesting if both Oklahoma and Wisconsin lose their title games. Um, But to answer your question ultimately, I think Alabama is – a couple rungs ahead of Bob. I, I don't even think Ohio State's going to be in consideration. I don't even think they're going to their name is going to pop up on the monitor or be talked about. I think there are just too many. There's at least four teams ahead of them when it comes for an, for a playoff spot. I just don't think there's room for them.
0: Yeah, it certainly doesn't look like it. And and to your point, you know, if if Oklahoma and Wisconsin lose TCU, we would essentially erase that that loss to Oklahoma. Uh, I think that they would have a very strong play for for one of those playoff invites just because they were able to to redo one of their losses uh and and do that at, in the title game against oklahoma so yeah i, I tend to agree chris i think osu is going to have to have you know if you want them to have a shot it looks like you need oklahoma to lose you need wisconsin to lose uh and you need ohio state to to win by a huge margin against Wisconsin and, you know, just cross your fingers that for whatever reason OSU gets picked above some other teams. I mean, what else can we hope for?
1: The, the problem is if all this stuff happens, I think they're going to go to teams like TCU and Clemson and Miami teams that lost in the conference title game before Ohio state. I, I just think that that Iowa loss puts them behind all of them. And, and I get it. It's happened before. Ohio State crushed Wisconsin a couple years back and got the Hail Mary. But that was a one-loss Ohio State team that lost a very ugly close game to Virginia Tech at home the week after losing their starting quarterback and getting thrown into a funk. It, there were some extreme circumstances there. There were no extreme circumstances in this Iowa game. The only thing extreme about that was that Iowa beat the snot out of the Buckeyes for four quarters, and they were lucky to score 24 points against them. It it's easily the worst loss on on any of these resumes, and I just don't think the Buckeyes have any chance of getting a playoff spot.
0: Yeah. Doesn't look like it, but I I'm I don't think it's beyond the realm of possibility. I I, I think I'm I agree with you, but I don't think I agree as strongly about this as you do. Uh, I do think they're still in play, and things seem to just fall in their favor. I'm not ruling them out entirely uh, for that playoff spot, but it certainly feels like there are a lot more likely scenarios that will result in them not going to the playoff. Uh, We will have to see, though, uh, the playoff uh, rankings come out on Tuesday and then conference championship games are played this weekend uh, we've talked a little bit about it Chris but Ohio State taking on the undefeated Wisconsin Badgers uh, what does OSU ha- have to do to 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 win that game
1: well Wisconsin has an underrated defense uh, certainly they're going to be going up against one of the nation's best defenses uh, if JT Barrett's healthy it's back to the story I mean you know He's got to step up and, and, and be the heart and soul of the Buckeyes offense as he's been uh, when they've had success. When they've struggled, things get funky and, and he he turns the ball over and makes bad decisions. So if he can play the way he's done against Penn State, against Michigan State, and and even for, for a bit against Michigan though, I don't think he had a great game running the ball. He was fantastic against Michigan. So it's gonna come down to that um, so it's just gonna be interesting to see which quarterback starts against Wisconsin uh, I think uh, Hold on one second. I think Haskins coming in and catching a team off guard is a little bit different than having a team prepare for you for an entire week and, and that is one Wisconsin as I said one of the best defenses in the nation so I, I would not be as confident in Haskins having the same success he did against Michigan. Though Cardell Jones did it to Wisconsin a couple years ago, so maybe there's more magic there. Honestly, Bob, I I think it's going to be closer than people think. I think Wisconsin is a better team than they're giving credit for. Um, I do think Ohio State will ultimately win this game, though. I, I think that they will knock off Wisconsin and win the Big Ten, and I think that it will shut the Big Ten out of the playoff
0: yeah uh, as this matchup became more apparent uh, a couple weeks ago uh, if you asked me then I would have said uh, Ohio State would have uh, won in a blowout Uh, now that the game is just a few days away less than a week away uh, I think it's gonna be a close one I I do think Ohio State is going to come out on top Uh, JT Barrett is currently listed as probable for Saturday I think he will start um, but if he can't, if he can't, if he doesn't have a hundred percent mobility, that's going to be a big problem because I, I, this defense is really good for the Badgers. First in the nation in total defense and fewest touchdowns allowed, uh, you know, ranks first in, in that as well. So you know, they 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 will they have the tools to stop J.T. Barrett's uh, run pass ability. Um, I, I agree with you as well. Haskins is. Uh, mobile for sure but has a better arm can stay in the pocket a little bit more when you game plan all week for such an such a multifaceted athlete like barrett and then all of a sudden you're hit with a, a different style of play at quarterback uh, the wolverines were, were caught off guard a little bit there um, as this becomes as barrett's situation becomes more apparent and with some foot film now on haskins i think the badgers will be Ready for either, and, and and Haskins won't look like uh, the savior that he did uh, in that Wolverines game. Um, if Barrett's out, I think the Badgers will be able to win this game. If Barrett's in, uh, I'm going with Ohio State. But regardless, I think the key for for the Buckeyes is their run game because of these questions at, at, at the quarterback position. Kim Weber and Dobbins dominate the game and just take all the pressure off of. A, either a hobbled Barrett or, or a freshman Haskins. I, I think that'll be the key for the Buckeyes. Um, but I, I think that they will come out on top.
1: Bob, this college football playoff is going to be fun. I there is no dominant team in college football this year. I, I think that, that we're in for one of the most exciting finishes to the season we've seen in a while. And uh, half of me hopes Alabama just gets shut out of the playoff. Cause it, cause it's time for some new blood. It's just time for some new blood.
0: Yeah. Um, I agree with you. Just uh, off the top of my head, Chris, who who is f- for you the best college football team in the country right now?
1: That's a tough question. I would say Oklahoma, actually, because I think Baker Mayfield just makes them so tough, and I-, I think the Big Twelve is could be the toughest conference in America this year. And they had to play everyone. You know, there's no you don't skip anyone in the Big Twelve, so they played all the good teams came out 11-1, and one, beat Ohio State down on the road. I, I think Oklahoma has probably impressed me the most, but but I think the drop-off between them and number two, whoever that may be, is not much.
0: Yeah, I, I, I would agree. I, I think Oklahoma with, with Baker Mayfield, what they were able to do in conference and also to Ohio State in Ohio State uh, makes them, in my mind, the best team in the country. They seem to have gotten better as the year has gone on. Um, but when you have a they have one loss. Wisconsin is undefeated. It's just it's hard to 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 look around and pick the truly dominant team. In years past, uh, it's been pretty easy to identify that Alabama just looks dominant and looks head and shoulders better than than anyone else. Um, this year, I, I agree, not not so much. But if I were to pick one, it would be Oklahoma. But I would have a hard time defending them against the likes of Clemson or Wisconsin or, or even alabama or auburn at this point
1: i i do think wisconsin i mean look here's why no one's giving them respect non-conference utah state fau byu they didn't play anyone in the cross they played michigan in the crossover late without their quarterback that's really their best win iowa is like their second best win this is why wisconsin is getting zero respect their schedule is easily the weakest of the top 10 bob UCF has beaten more ranked teams than Wisconsin.
0: Yeah, they they have. Um, they're all within their the American though. I I would like to see UCF play someone in the Power Five. I would give some more credibility to them. But at at, a, at an undefeated record with those ranked wins and, and another rematch against Memphis, uh, who has had their their only loss is to UCF and, and they're ranked as well um yeah I mean they're they're an intriguing option as well um to 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 be in consideration for that playoff spot
1: yeah sadly sadly UCF's big uh power five game against Georgia Tech was canceled doesn't look like it'll be made up now I'm not saying Georgia Tech would have been a quality win but but they did try to go out and schedule someone it just unfortunately with all the storms and whatnot didn't get played uh, they played Maryland in a non conference. Again, I'm not saying it's a big win. And anytime you schedule Maryland in a non conference, you shouldn't expect them to be good. But I, I will say in the defense of the smaller leagues, um, it's gotten easier to schedule up because the the pressure on the committee has play has placed the committee has placed pressure on the power five to have a tough schedule. So you're gonna see more scheduling up. So so there's not as much excuse for UCF anymore. But but I will say that there are a lot of big schools that are scared to play teams like UCF or Boise State back when they were that dark horse, uh, TCU before they were in the Big 12. Uh, there there are a lot of big teams that are scared to schedule the, these kind of programs.
0: For sure. that That's fair. Well, college football is winding down, obviously, and we'll recap those conference championship games and get some Final clarity uh, on what the college playoff uh, will look like, as well as some bowl games, in there. But now we will turn to some professional football. Uh, the Cleveland Browns losing to the Cincinnati Bengals, thirty to sixteen. Chris, uh, that score looks worse than than what it actually was, though. Uh, you know, the Browns had a chance at sixteen and twenty three. Uh, to to get the ball back Jabriel peppers called for hitting a defenseless receiver which uh changed the play from an incomplete pass to and a fourth down to to a, a new first down the Bengals were able to march down and score their final touchdown to push that lead up to 30 in the fourth quarter um but it's still a two touchdown loss uh, and the and the Bengals uh, were leading pretty comfortably throughout this game uh chris what how how are you ranking the browns performance this week
1: Probably one of the best they've had all season. And uh, I I know a two-touchdown loss tells you a lot about the Browns. But uh, a couple things. First off, Jabril Peppers, that flag was atrocious. That was a clean hit. Sorry. It was a tough hit, but it was a clean hit. Um, I I do not believe that in that situation he was a defenseless receiver. I don't believe that that was a dirty play or even a flag-worthy play. That was a bad call. Bad calls happen. Don't put yourself in a position to be, you know, for the game to be decided by one. But that was a bad call. And Deshaun Kaiser actually looked solid. 18 for 31. No interceptions. Uh, 2 uh, 268 yards. Only sacked three times. Which is low compared to other games. And uh, by the way. He was not helped out by his receiving core. Lots of drops. Especially by Corey Coleman in the end zone. He had that touchdown. That was a perfect throw in the tight coverage. One of the best throws I've seen Kaiser make all year. And Coleman just couldn't hang on. He had three catches for 64 yards, but eight targets. Uh, So certainly could have done better, but that end zone drop was just brutal, especially when you lose by two touchdowns. That would have changed the entire makeup of the game. And uh, yeah, but but the the other problem is Joe Mixon ran all over them, 114 yards and 23 carries for Cincinnati. Uh, The the bad Browns run defense uh, surfaced again in this game, uh, which is kind of a shame because the defensive line had been the strong suit, but I was encouraged what I saw out of the offense, especially from Kaiser. Uh, definitely a, a progressive game for them. A loss is still a loss, but they at least looked like they are improving.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's that's two, two weeks in a row where, where the Browns kept the game relatively close, and, and if they had played a bit better either earlier on or, or some things fell their way late in the game, they would have had a chance to, to win it um you know they certainly had that chance against jacksonville and they came close uh with a comeback here against the bengals yeah deshaun kaiser after coming off what was probably his most embarrassing loss and performance against the, those jaguars uh with with the sacks and the interceptions and the fumbles you know took took care of the football uh you know took less sacks and, and got the ball out to his receivers i thought it was impressive they were able to run the ball against the bengals crowell with 95 yards uh, on 16 carries and, and chris yeah i agree i mean that that hit by peppers you know chain, chain gave the bengals uh the comfort uh to, to coast out to a win i'm not saying that uh it cost the game for the browns because they're already down seven they were down uh throughout this game uh and they still would have had the drive to, to and score a touchdown just to tie it if if uh that call wasn't called um it, it wasn't it wasn't a penalty. I think you could make more of a case that it was a fumble uh instead of an incomplete pass than uh hitting a defenseless receiver. The dude made about three steps uh after catching the ball, so uh, I don't know it, that that was very disappointing just to not get that opportunity to see Kaiser at least, you know when he's playing a, a relatively good game against a, a beatable team. You know, given the opportunity to drive down the field and and tie it up late in the game, I would have really liked to see that unfortunately, that call uh made it all but impossible for them it, very interesting uh that the browns were not able to stop joe mixon. They've been stopping running backs uh all year long and doing doing a good job against the run game uh don't know why they keyed in on Andy Dalton in the past game more than stopping. The, the run game but that I, I, i'll give the browns defensive line a pass they've been really good all year um for me what i would have liked to see more is more pressure on andy dalton only one sack from miles garrett not a whole lot of quarterback hits actually just four and Garrett responsible for three of those so um you yeah, definitely missed uh, emmanuel agba today and, and could have used his pressure as well Um, but yeah, I, I I think it was a good bounce back game from what was a really ugly game against Jacksonville from, from the offensive side. Uh, and and it gives me hope that, you know, we we highlighted some of those beatable games last week. Uh, I do think that the Browns are set to at least get one win, uh, out of the five, uh, that await them to end the season.
1: And Bob, isn't it encouraging that all three of the Browns' first-round picks seem to be making progress? Najoku caught all four of his targets for 47 yards. Peppers probably had one of his better games of the year, even though the hit uh, went against him. And then, as you just said, Miles Garrett. I mean, my goodness, man. He's the guy everyone's game planning for on Cleveland's defense. There is no doubt about that. And he's still able to do what he did against Cincinnati, uh, get the only sack and have three quarterback hits. Uh, I mean, Bob, if you're not excited about this guy, I mean, you just don't know football because this guy looks like he could be the cornerstone, pass rush, build your defense around kind of guy that they've been waiting for for a long time i know that's a very long nickname maybe we can think of a shorter one on a future <laughs> podcast but uh i i am super excited for it and miles garrett it looks like he it was well worth that number 1 overall pick
0: yeah uh probably since joe thomas the first draft pick first round pick that is deserving of his ranking uh by the browns uh, you can make an argument for a couple guys in between there but uh every bit deserving of that that number one overall designation uh and i I just hope he stays healthy and continues to improve and uh, i think he'll be dominating uh opposing offensive lines uh, sooner uh, rather than later that will be uh awesome (laughs) and really satisfying to have a player of that caliber uh on the browns roster
1: other encouraging thing First-round pick from two years ago, Corey Coleman, back-to-back 60-yard games. I know he had the drop in the end zone, but it is really nice to see him get back on the field and not miss a beat after missing more time with that uh, broken hand. I mean, if he can stay healthy, he certainly is showing the potential that he was drafted 15 overall for. Uh, so, so Bob, a lot of encouragement on the field for the Browns. I mean, that's that's four first-round picks, and then you've got Deshaun Kaiser, who is a a second-round pick. I mean, that's five guys right there. That that that's more than we've seen in a very long time. I think if, if you go every other draft before that since 2007, you <laughs> probably haven't seen five guys in a single year uh, show this kind of potential. So there are some encouraging signs bubbling up here. I know it's 0 and 11. I know it's really dark and depressing. But Bob, th- there are I think three beatable teams left on the schedule. I- I- I'm I'm standing by my prediction. I think the Browns are going to finish this year with two wins, and and I'm I'm starting to buy into just not changing anything, letting this regime play all this out because they have a lot of draft picks next year, a lot of cap space. Maybe they're building towards something. I, I- I'm not trying to get overly optimistic, but but. If you're watching the Browns, you can't deny that progress is there. There there is certainly progress being shown. I'm not saying it's anywhere near playoff worthy, anywhere near elite worthy, but but they are definitely moving in the right direction.
0: Yeah, I I I I'd agree with that. I think they are improving. I'm not ready to say that they're gonna win two games. I, I do think they're gonna win a game. Um, but I think it's 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 possible for them to, to win multiple games uh definitely and and in terms of those draft picks i would also throw in uh, emmanuel agba their second round choice from last year um who had a who was having a a fine season until he he broke his foot and is on ir now um so yeah i i think they're doing they're doing good things with with their high draft picks um seems to be coming together uh a, a little bit i can see where they're going uh, what the plan is obviously they, they need a lot of Seasoning, uh, more talent to to be brought in uh, in the offseason uh, and to just continue to improve the, the roster that they have right now. But I, I can see where they're going, and I can see some signs of improvement, um, and it gives me a, a little bit of hope.
1: But I'm going to say this right now. I'm not picking the win. Don't be surprised if they beat the Chargers this week. Chargers. I know they looked great in Dallas, but they're the kind of team that just plays up and down, inconsistent. Don't don't be surprised if they get a win this week.
0: Yeah, I, I mean I I wouldn't be. I, I I think that it's a winnable game for sure. Um, are you you're not predicting a win though? You're just saying you're putting it on on alert.
1: Yeah, I know that's weak. I'm putting them on alert though. I'm just putting it on alert. I, I'm not gonna pick the win because. I don't have that much confidence. So I guess, I guess it's one of those things that's just why I even say it. I know, I know everyone's just laughing and saying, "Come on, Chris. Pick uh, the win." But I can't I can't do it. I'm sorry. They're only 11.
0: Yeah. I'm not going to pick them, but I I agree with you. there's a there's a chance there. This is a winnable game. Um and the Chargers, you know, handled Dallas pretty well on Thanksgiving Day. They have those extra days to to plan for the Browns. Um so I, I don't know. And, and plus there's the history of them uh, being the only team that Browns beat last year. I I don't think they're going to win this game, but I, I agree with you. The chargers do play, play to the level of their opponent. Uh, So, so it it is winnable for them.
1: Oh, speaking of the chargers, I, I just want to do a little tangent here, Bob, what is going on in the AFC West? The chargers could win this division. I mean, it's, it yeah. looks awful. This the Kansas City Chiefs have fallen apart officially and I have no idea what's going on here. I mean the Broncos have lost seven straight and they could still win the division. It, it this division is garbage right now, and it's amazing that the Chargers are playing for to to possibly tie for the division lead against Cleveland this weekend.
0: Against uh not Cleveland who
1: well, no, though, if they beat Cleveland this weekend, they, they would tie for the division league. That's that's what I meant. Gotcha. I mean, Kansas City would have to lose, but yeah.
0: Gotcha. Uh, yeah, I mean, the, the AFC West, uh, you know, at the start of this the regular season, even a couple games in up until Derek Carr got hurt, uh, teams were, were, everyone was talking about that being the best division in all football. Uh, and now, you know, the wheels have fallen off for all four of those teams, really. Uh, well, the Chargers started off bad, and now they're, you know, on the verge of of potentially winning the division, um, b- very interesting. Um, yeah, because because now the the whole division is 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 not good, um, but just six weeks ago uh, they were potentially sending three teams to the playoffs.
1: Bob, I also just want to go on one more tangent. I'm just going to say it right now. This stat's going to amaze you. I am pulling for the one team that has a longer playoff drought than the Cleveland Browns, the Buffalo Bills. They haven't been in the postseason since 99. They're 6-5. and They got a shot. Tyrod Taylor is criminally underrated, should have never been benched. Come on, Buffalo. You can do it. Maybe not this week against the Patriots, but but you can win enough to get to the playoffs.
0: Yeah, they're in play for sure. Uh, And, you know, if season ended today they would be that final wild card team um so yeah it, it, I, I, it's possible tyra taylor has had i mean I, I agree with you he didn't deserve to be benched but he's had a very up and down uh season and hasn't been as good as he has been in the past couple of years but uh they're there you're right They they are right there to, to sneak in as a wild card
1: it's going to be a fun, it's always a fun end to the NFL season. Unfortunately, the Browns are never involved with the fun part. They're racing for the number 1 pick.
0: Yeah, and uh heavy favorites to to get that number 1 pick. So <laughs>
1: <laughs> Yes, that is sad but true.
0: Yeah. Well, pulling for that Cleveland win against the Chargers, we will recap that game next week. Uh Chris, let's peek in on the Cleveland Cavaliers and they are now owners of the longest win streak current win streak in the league at 7 taken on the 76ers uh a little bit after we record tonight uh they're now uh 12 and 7 that's good for third in the Eastern Conference uh, you know just 2 weeks ago we were ta- we were ready to hit the panic button well, some people were i was not i'm sure you were not as well um how is this surprising to you, Chris, that the Cavs are very quickly going off on, on a winning streak after this, their early season struggles, or um, is this uh, what you expected them to do?
1: I think it's surprising that it's happened this early. Usually, it takes a while to get into their mojo. But like, man, you and I said it best a couple of weeks ago. It, it, it's not even. It wasn't even November then. I mean, there, it's way too early. I know Boston went on their ridiculous winning streak. But they're going to cool off. That That is unsustainable. And their team is not that good. I'm not saying they're not a playoff team or a threat or anything like that. But they're not that good. Um, so I, I think the Cavs are just restoring order. They play in a garbage conference. And they're starting to, you know, gel as a unit. They have way too much talent not to. Um, Bob, the one thing I'm concerned about is is Derek Rose. You know, what's going on there? Is he actually going to retire in the middle of the season? Right like before... We even get to January 1st?
0: I think that is the most likely outcome of this. I mean, he's taken a leave of absence to to consider his career because he's dealing with another injury, uh, this one to his ankle. Um, I, I think that's the most likely scenario. I mean, the, the Browns desperately, not the Browns, the Cavs desperately, uh, Browns, the Browns desperately, might be able to use him too. <laughs> Browns desperately need a lot of things, but the, the, the Cavs desperately need uh, a viable point guard and Derrick Rose uh, at the start of the season looked like he would be able to, to tread water <laughs> until Isaiah Thomas came back in, in January. Um, that didn't really work out. You know, they, they've moved to playing Jose Calderon, you know, 10 to 15 minutes a game and, and having him as their lone point guard on the roster, uh, and just going with some shooting guards and LeBron handling the, handling the ball. Um, you know, but they've been fine i mean they've since Derek rose has been out they've gone on this this seven game win streak and have seemed to figure out life without a point guard um the the Cavs, i, I think even with it coming back with Derek rose being such a huge question mark now both physically and mentally the the Cavs are definitely in play to add another point guard uh, sooner rather than later i don't think they're going to wait to the trade deadline to pick one up uh because jose calderon uh has played nicely with LeBron. I've watched a couple games with him, and he's actually, you know, I I like what I saw, but he's 36 years old and has been injury-prone in in the past. They need a point guard. Uh, I don't think it's going to be Derek Rose. I think he's going to retire soon.
1: Yeah, it's unfortunate if he does retire um, because he's the ultimate what-if. He he looked like he was going to be such an electric star in this league with Chicago. Um, I, I think the Cavs are going to... Allow Calderon to hold down the fort until Isaiah Thomas gets back and then see what they need. Whether or not they need to go into the trade line for a, trade deadline for a backup point guard or a guy who's able to hold down the point guard spot if Isaiah Thomas doesn't look quite right. So I, I think they're going to bide their time and wait until that happens before they make a move for a point guard. I do think they will need to shore up their depth there because I, I like Calderon. I've always liked him. I think he's a solid point guard, but you said it best. He's 36 years old. I don't think the Cavs would be comfortable if they had to turn to him in the playoffs uh, for a for big, big, meaningful game. So, so I do think they will address that at the trade deadline in some way, shape, or form. It's just a matter of, of how Isaiah Thomas looks and whether or not they need to get a guy who's more of a co-headliner or a true backup.
0: Yeah, that's fair. Um, and. IT is slowly coming back. I saw him taking shots and warming up the other day. So um, we're on the street as they might give them back sooner uh, than expected, which is good news.
1: Yeah, it's good news, but, but I would still take as long as you need because it's not, it's still not even December yet. So no need to rush. No need to rush. Yeah, definitely. One last thing before we leave. Have you seen Kyrie Irving's numbers? They look awfully similar to similar to Isaiah Thomas's numbers last year. Isaiah Thomas took a Boston Celtics team to the number one seed and got zero M V P talk. And now Kyrie Irving is doing the exact same thing with very similar numbers and is getting all the M V P talk. Why all the dis man, Isaiah Thomas just got totally disrespected last year. Totally disrespected.
0: Yeah, he did. Um I mean I don't think he got totally disrespected. He was I believe finished in the top 5 in MVP voting. You can correct me if I'm wrong there. Um but he definitely got MVP votes. Um Yeah, I don't I don't know. I don't I don't understand why I guess it's because you know Gordon Hayward goes down, you expect the Celtics to struggle uh, and all they did was rattle off a, a huge win streak and, and Kyrie Irving is the, the now the best player on that roster on, without a doubt. Um but that doesn't excuse the difference in, in treatment of IT and, and Kyrie. If you look at Kyrie's numbers, actually, offensively, um, his numbers are have dipped a little bit than his time with the Cavs. So it, it's it's just, yeah, I don't, I don't get it. I think it's just he drew so much attention to himself. And then you, you amplify that with Gordon Hayward going down in the first quarter of the first game. Uh, now he gets even more attention, which is what he wanted. Uh, that's why he wanted to leave. And that's why he's getting all this, all this hype in this talk and it's Boston and he's a, he's a true star, but, um, yeah, it's very, it's very odd that, that he isn't, is getting MVP votes or consideration. It kind of flew under the radar last year.
1: Yeah, just wait till they lose 18 straight. Then we'll see how much MVP talk there is around there.
0: I don't. I don't know if they're gonna lose 18 straight. But I, do I think don't think the, so either.
1: But but I want them to. That would be great.
0: Yeah, I mean, I do think they're gonna hit a wall. They're they're relying on some really raw talent right now. I don't think it's sustainable.
1: Oh no, I definitely don't think it's sustainable. I think that they are going to hit a big time rough stretch at some point.
0: Yeah, and. Well, I I don't wanna I don't wanna hate on him, but uh <laughs> I get, I get, there uh there's health concerns with uh, Al Horford and Kyrie Irving at this point.
1: Oh most definitely. Most definitely. That that that's that's not hating on him, that's just a fact. So Yeah. Anyway. But hey man, we've jam packed a ton into this podcast. Next week we will find out if the Buckeyes can pull off a miracle and get into the college football playoffs. Spoiler alert. Not happening. They're not going there. Pack your bags for a bowl game. But it won't be a playoff bowl game. Anyway, we'll also see if the Browns can win their first game of the year a few weeks earlier than they won their first game of the year last year against the same team. But until then, you'll have to catch up on all our old podcasts at FenleyRoadSports.com. You can log on there. Click Clee Talk. Go through the archives to your heart's content or listen to this episode again, whichever you prefer. But if you enjoy us, please subscribe to our podcast via iTunes. You can either click on the icon in the upper right-hand corner of our website, familyroadsports.com, or you can search for Family Road Sports on iTunes. Click Klee Talk, hit subscribe. It's just that simple. We appreciate your support. Come back every week for more Cleveland Sports Talk. We'll be back. Certainly more football, more basketball, all that fun stuff, and the Indians make a big move. Maybe they'll get Mike Stanton or something like that. That would be be pretty sweet. I don't know. Uh, We'll talk about that, too. But until then, come on, Browns. You can do it. I believe in you. Get that first win.
0: All right. I'll see you, Chris.
1: Take it easy, Bob.